0: Hello everyone, I'm Jensen Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Well, what if you could ask God a question, any question at all? And you knew he would answer, right there on the spot. My next guest attempts to tackle this question in his latest great read entitled, The Miracle at the Higher Grounds Cafe. But this is not just any guest or any book. It has been penned by one of America's most beloved pastors, authors, and teachers of God's Word. His inspirational writings have been shaped into best-selling books, videos, devotionals, songs, greeting cards, booklets, Bible studies, commentaries, and even theater-released movies. With over 120 million of his products having been printed in over 54 languages and 92 million books to date, any guesses yet? (laughs) Well, he's called America's pastor. This Texas native makes his home in San Antonio with his beloved bride of over 30 years and his church fondly called Oak Hills of over 25 years. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony a wonderful honor indeed inspirational author pastor and speaker Max Lucado. Pastor Lucado, welcome to testimony.
1: Oh, thank you very much. It's a great honor to be with you.
0: May I call you Max?
1: Yes, absolutely. You can call me anything you want.
0: (laughs) Well, it's great to have you on the program here today. Um, We're here to talk about your just released, uh, The Miracle at the Higher Grounds Cafe, and we are certainly going to get to that. But for right now, Pastor, in part one of our two-part conversation, would you just begin to tell our audience how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, some of your own personal struggles, and what you've had to overcome to become all that God has intended. Pastor Max, please tell us your story.
1: Now, do I need to limit this to about two or three hours?
0: (laughs) (laughs) If we had two or three hours, I would love... It would (laughs) take that
1: long to to tell it all. Um, I, I grew up in West Texas. I'm the son of a mechanic my mom was a nurse, Uh, my parents, uh, just the salt of the earth, great, great folks, and um, very, very blue-collar, lower-middle-class, small-town upbringing. And uh, I I, um, was taken to church every weekend and uh, became a Christian actually when I was 10 years old. Um, a, A gentleman taught a Bible class and explained that jesus died for our sins and and that uh, we all get to choose if we're going to say yes or no to him and well i'm not too bright but i knew i wanted to be with jesus and and that it was basically that i i gave my heart to christ on a wednesday night i was baptized the next sunday um and and really did uh have a change of, of life as much as a 10-year-old can. At the age of 15, though, those that's when my prodigal years began. I really fell in with a rough crowd. And um, uh, where I grew up, it was all ranchers uh, or football players. And uh, both of those breeds of people can be kind of rough. And by the time I was 20, I could pretty well uh, handle two six-packs of beer at a time. I, I had gotten in trouble. If, a lot of different places uh was uh, not moral i was uh, uh not not uh did not think of others i was very very self-centered and uh prone to outbursts of anger uh had a serious issue with temper uh and just my life was headed in the wrong path gratefully by god's wonderful grace uh, a friend of mine started taking me to church urging me to go and I would, uh, just really out of respect for my parents and what they had taught me. I was away at college by this point. Mm-hmm. And there were many Sundays I went to church with a hangover. Uh, but that particular pastor, with whom I'm still a strong friend to this very day, uh, he he just explained the story of Jesus like I'd never heard it before. And what made it difficult for me was not to believe that Jesus could rise from the dead. I I, I really did believe that. I just didn't think God could ever forgive me for the person that I'd become. And um, I don't know if there was a particular Damascus Road moment that made me believe that, but I think what happened is I realized I don't have any other choice. I've either got to throw myself fully on God's forgiveness and grace, uh, or I'm out of here. And um, I I did, I I trusted the grace of God, Ephesians 2.10 became my favorite passage. For we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, so no one can boast. So grace has I, has always made sense to me because I didn't have an, a plan B. I, I was not good enough. No one ever had to convince me uh, that legalism was wrong <laughs> because <laughs> I knew I could not keep a legal system. I just knew it. And, uh, and so soon after I, I dedicated, you know, came back to Christ, I decided I wanted to be a missionary, and moved to Brazil Uh, within a few years. uh, My wife and I moved to Brazil. We were there from 83 to 88. While we were in Brazil, I began writing and uh, had two or three books published, and that's when I realized that that really my call was to pastor and write uh, more than be a missionary. So we said goodbye to Brazil. I found a church in San Antonio, Texas that was looking for a pastor. That was 1988, and here I am still in the church office to this day. (laughs) All these years later, they're still trying to get rid of me, but I keep coming back.
0: (laughs) Wow, wow. That's a great story, and you summed it up beautifully. Now, in my reading about you, my little researching about you, did you at one time want to become a lawyer? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. During those college days, before uh, I came back to Christ, I did. I, I, I thought. You know. I think I'd like to be a lawyer. I've always kind of been glib of tongue. I was on the debate team in high school and did competed in speech tournaments. And so that part of uh, that part of uh, you know that that skill set came easy. And and so I began just you know thinking I might go into politics. Even oh, now I know I would not have made a good politician.
0: <laughs> Why is uh, that? Back
1: then I, I, I was just thinking. Um, I I am I'm a, I'm a I'm a painfully shy introvert. Uh, I I love writing because I can be by myself and I can study and I can read and I can reflect. I love pastoring because I feel like I'm really uh, ministering and, and loving people. But put me in a setting where I just need to hobnob or schmooze or shake hands or buddy up, you know, all those phrases. I just am very, very uncomfortable.
0: I don't think anyone would ever think that of you. You are just so real, authentic, natural. But please, go ahead. Well,
1: yeah, and and it's a challenge. Again, when I'm at church, you know, shaking hands with people, meeting people, greeting people, there's something about that 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 works for me. I, I feel like I'm in my spot. But if I'm at a party, and people are just milling around and shaking hands, and I can't quite put a finger on it. But all, all I know is that some people thrive in those settings where they're meeting one new person after another. If I'm not in church and I'm just shaking hands and meeting people, I'm pretty soon I'm looking over to my wife and I'm pointing at my wristwatch <laughs> and I'm saying, "Honey, is is it time we can, can we slip out yet?"
0: Well, you are known as one of the most inspirational. Authors of our generation today. You've written over a hundred books, and the introduction of you really doesn't, I think, do what you've done justice. But you're never pointing to yourself, Max. You always seem to be pointing out and reaching out to others, which is very humble of you. Humility is very attractive. I want to get into your book a little bit now, and for a second segment, we're going to get a lot more into it, The Miracle at the Higher Grounds Cafe. You are known for your encouraging nonfiction and curriculum used by churches all over the world. Why did you decide to tell this story as a work of fiction?
1: Um, You know, I love stories. I really do. And uh, I love to read stories. Uh, I love movies uh, I, I enjoy attending or going to a good movie um, I have felt a, a, uh, a burden I guess is a good word I, Like there's a, a lack Of really Just good wholesome uh, Books That would entertain anyone Without talking uh, About uh, without, without using immorality or, or using You know blatant you know, just ugh, heart, uh, stomach-turning violence. Um, I, I, so often, Singh, I'll, I'll pick up a book and I'll start reading it, and but then, and I'll really get interested. And then, about two or three chapters into it, it's just it, it's something that you know we just shouldn't be talking about. And I, I don't mind, I mean, it sound old-fashioned, but so some years ago, I thought, well, maybe I could write a story that I'd be proud for my kids to read, and and so I set out writing. Uh, uh, some fiction. I don't do it very often. This is my third fiction book. My other two uh, were, were both related to Christmas, and this is not. This is not a holiday-centered book. Uh, but my goal is very simple. I, w- I just want to encourage people. Uh, I want to do it in a wholesome way, uh, and I want to embed some teachings of Scripture in a story, and uh, and have it in such a way that when people read it, they feel lifted up, they feel encouraged. Uh, and, and that's that's all I set out to do in in this in this particular book.
0: Wow! Well, a good bit of the story involves conversations between angels who are interacting with the characters, expressing concern for them, and finding ways to be of service. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to inspirational author and speaker Max Lucado. His latest great release: "The Miracle at the Higher Grounds." Cafe and part one of our two part conversation today. Pastor Lucato, do angels really walk among us?
1: Oh, I believe they do. You know, uh, when you study uh, scripture and and read about um, what the, first of all, what the Bible says uh, about angels in the book of Hebrews, it says, uh, you know, for us to be hospitable to one another because in doing so you may entertain an angel. Uh, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think it really could be that, that an angel would come and, and, and walk among us. I believe that the, the, the role of angels is to minister to the children of God, those who love God, and, and they come and, and they minister to us. It's a wonderful thought too. You know, to think that God loves us so much that he would send heavenly creatures here to guard us and, and to protect us and to strengthen us and to help us. Uh, we know the Bible says that there are many, many angels. When Jesus was born, there was a great multitude of angels. Uh, the book of Revelation speaks of 10,000 times ten thousands of angels, so more than, than John could count. So there are angels everywhere, and those angels exist to encourage and minister to uh, those who seek God and, and long for His, for His coming.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to nationally acclaimed inspirational author and pastor, Max Lucado. You can learn more about Max and get his latest great read, The Miracle at the Higher Grounds Cafe, by going to maxlucado.com or wherever books are sold. Pastor Max, thank you for sharing just a little of your story with us on testimony today. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you.